0: This is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. This is our main thrust. Krishna's two Bhagavan swayam He has Angus, who are his parts. And when this person comes, from whose mouth is always coming the syllables Krishna, who is himself, not Krishna, means not black, he is golden. Antar Krishna Bahir Gauram, Jiva Vassami says, explaining Sanatana's own explanation to us. This verse of Bhagavatam was explained as I'm explaining it first by Sanatana Goswami. No one explained this verse of Bhagavatam like this ever before. No one saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Srimad Bhagavatam before Sanatana Goswami. So clearly he saw. When we hear his explanation, we look at the text and we would think, how could it be explained in any other way? There are all somberdiyas who don't understand it in that way. (laughs) If you hear from Sanatana, as written here in black and white, unequivocally. In the context of explaining the different yuga avatars, it appears. Who is asking? Huh? Maharaj Nimi? Asking Muni, one of the Navayogendras, about the different symptoms of the different avatars for the different yugas. What are they like? What do they look like? What are their color? What are their activities? He speaks about Yuga. Chetad Yuga, Dvārapa Yuga. And then this verse comes. What else could it be about? <laughs> Especially when there's someone that fits the uh, description perfectly. Chaitanya Mahāprabhu Krishna himself and his associates, his Angus, Parshada, Sangopangastra Parshada, his weapons even, his ammo, his whole entourage, Advaita, Nityananda Puru. And of course, so many bhaktis. And those who understand this, Bhagavatam says, very, very intelligent people, they take this buddhi yoga. Krishna sankirtan. This buddhi yoga must mean bhakti. He must be speaking about bhakti. This term is also used later in Bhagavad Gita. And where? In what has been called the Shloka of Bhagavad Gita, where the whole Bhagavad Gita is contained in four verses. The first verse I ever learned, Teshyam Satatayuktanam, I learned it here in San Francisco. A godbrother of mine taught it to me, riding from, after the Ratha Yatra, from San Francisco back to Los Angeles. "Teṣham Satatayuktanam, Bajyam priti Kam, Dadami buddhiyogam Tam. Buddhi Tam. It is meant, Dadami Buddhi Yogam. Krishna says. What does that Buddhi Yoga mean there? In that verse? Krishna says those who worship me, Tesham who are always worshipping me in love, Tesham preeti purvakam, fully with a love, with a heart of love, worshipping me constantly. Dadami Buddhi Yogam Tam. I give them understanding by which they can come to me. So what does he give them? They're doing bhakti. What does he give them? by which they can come to him. Discrimination, or we they have need for that. Bhakti is complete in itself. Not only is it complete in itself, nothing else is complete in terms of its capacity to deliver one from material existence according to the Vedanta, according to Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam says it in so many ways again and again and again. If you live in a forest that is sattvic, Krishna says, to Uddhava. You live in a city, that's Rajasik. If you live in a city but don't know where you are, <laughs> that's Tamasik. Like a shopping, what do they call bag lady. That is Tamasik. And if you live in my temple, that is Nirguna. If you eat milk and fruits, and it is is sattvic. If you eat other foods, it's very spicy, and all that is uh, Rajasik. If you eat unedible things, that is Tamasik. And if you eat my Prashad, that is Nirguna. He says, knowledge of the self, that's Sattvic. Knowledge in which one thinks I'm the body, that's Rajasik. Knowledge of inanimate things, where one may not even be able to think, I'm this body or I'm not this body, but has some knowledge of inanimate thing, that's tamasik, and knowledge of me, that is nirguna. So many ways, again and again and again, he has said. In Uddhava Gita, where he's reiterating what he's speaking here, when he speaks of buddhi yoga in the tenth chapter in that chatur shloka, he's not saying, the who love me, Worship me constantly, full with love, I give them jñāna so that they can come to me. No. If they had any knowledge is the cognitive factor of bhakti, sambi chakti within bhakti comes to them, that their relationship can flower fully and bear fruit. So when Krishna begins this explanation of yoga here, overtly he's emphasizing Ishkam Karma Yoga, but covertly he's speaking about bhakti. He's talking about something You should do this, he says. I'm going to teach you about yoga. So the sadhana has to correspond with the sadhya. The practice has to correspond with the goal. So he's advocating a particular practice. Now I'm going to teach you about yoga. He says, with this yoga, you'll be free from bondage, resulting from karma. Only bhakti has the power, actually, to bring about such liberation. And further he says. Trai Gunya Vishaveda, Text 45. Trai Gunya Vishaveda Nis Trai Gunya Babajuna. Nirbandunity Sattvastuna Yoga Chema Atmavan. This is the sadhya. This is the goal. Here he's talking about the practice, says that the goal is liberation from karma. And in text forty-five, he reiterates and emphasizes the goal. He says, Traygunya vishaya veda, nistraygunya. Nistraygunya. You should rise above the influence of the modes of material nature in discussion of such. Nid vanvanitya yogat chema atmavan. Yogat chema. What is yogat chema? Where we find this? Anonyas cinta vantamam yejana paryu pasate. Gat chemam baham yam. In eighth chapter of Bhagavad Gita we find, this is verse about Shuddha Bhakti. Yoga Chema, the same words are used. Yoga Chema, yoham. Yoga means concerns, acquisition, and Chema means maintenance. Krishna says, for those who worship me with love and devotion, whatever they need, I provide that. Whatever they have, I maintain that. Personally, I do that. This is my position. For those who have such devotion, I personally get involved with them, Yoga Chema. Krishna is advocating to our this is what I want you to do. Come to this position. He's only advocating Nishkam Karma Yoga in a sense that it leads to Bhakti Yoga. If done properly, it leads naturally to Bhakti Yoga. We should read it as Bhakti Yoga because we have Kar for Bhakti due to Sarasangha. And we should embrace Bhakti fully hearing and chanting about Krishna, the principal limbs of bhakti, and see that by doing so, gradually, the result of nishkam karma yoga, the purification of our heart, is actually taking place. Don't think that this is just about selling books. That's why he said to you, and how far have you read? You sold some bhagavad-gita, but how far have you read? Most important. Of course, I was well known for distributing books one of my Godbrothers wrote a letter to Prabhupada from Los Angeles early on when we had distributed so many books and Prabhupada was very pleased, but he made a note in his personal handwriting when he wrote back. Make sure they are also reading the book. The most important, what did he say? You know? I don't know. It is good that we are selling, are selling so many books. I don't think ever in the history of the world so many religious books have been sold in so few days. We sold like 17,000 books in three days around Christmas time. It was a spontaneous... Christmas outpouring wasn't planned or anything like that. Now they have these planned marathons, and, but, but it wasn't like that. We, we just did it naturally and spontaneously. When proper heard about it, he said he commended us and was appreciative and so forth. But then in his own handwriting, he put a little asterisk and he wrote at the bottom of the letter. It's wonderful, but you should always be sure that the most important thing is to save yourself. He had some sense where this could go wrong. His emphasis on book-selling and preaching and spreading out. This is not the sum and substance of Krishna consciousness. It's important. And by doing it, we should get an inner result. And we should look for that inner result. Yes, it's important because it will bring about an inner result. That's what we joined for. We don't say it's not important. We don't advocate that you'll get that inner result some other way, better. Sankirtan, that is so effective. So consuming. If <laughs> you have to try to figure out how to convince somebody to, to read this, to understand this, and there will be opposition. Oh, it's very good. Your opposition makes you, you have to think, you have to ask your guru, read the book, what should I say next? He said this, come back and ask your godbrother, your god sister. Very consuming. But if you get consumed in that, you find you're not a bookseller, or a singer, a drum player, a musician your soul and these ears cannot do any justice to music eyes any justice to seeing the beauty of what life holds or any of these senses you find yourself in all of this so important so look to your inner development this is inner landscape there must be some progress there not just telling other people about Krishna (laughs) if you are telling them properly and listening to what you're saying then all those things you're telling everybody you'll be putting into practice and getting some result and if you do this then all the problems you find in the Vaishnava community today you won't have those problems (laughs) so all the problems in the Gaudi Vaishnava community today are basic Lack of understanding of the difference between the body and the self. How complex you want to make the argument, or how sophisticated, what language you want to use, or what way you want to frame it, it's all about that, I tell you frankly. Just like, I'll give you a simple example. Some of us went, we got the shelter of Om Vishnupad Bhakti Dev Swami Maharaj. At that time, we were very fortunate. Shuddha was speaking many wonderful things. And he used very wonderful analogies to explain his points, but the major thrust of his whole input at that time was, interestingly enough, there's a difference between the body and the soul. People say, you're going there to get higher talks. It's higher talks. You should stick to the basics. You're not the body. You're know. going there for the gopi talks. And if you really study... For example, the book Shri Guru and His Grace, what you find there is he's telling there's a difference between the body and the soul. There's a difference between the institution and what the institution's about. Are we just corporate officers? Is that what we are? Presidents? And uh, said, He said, I'm not a temple commander, I'm not a president. I'm not a GBC, I'm not a guru. Guru is an upadi and Sarva Upadhi. Vinirmuktam, tatparatvena nirmalam, Rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhaktirutam. This is what we are interested in. Vira Bhakti, Sarva No designation. Bhagavan Saraswati Siddhartha once was giving a talk, sitting in a seat, and Saki Charan Baba came, one of his disciples who was, uh, had contributed largely and selflessly for the construction of, uh, Yogopit in Mahapur, the birthplace of Mahapur, founded by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who wanted a temple there, envisioned it. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur helped to cause that to manifest. And Saki Charan Baba came, and someone said, oh, give a seat for Saki Charan Baba. And Saraswati Thakur from his diocese said, no, 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 don't give him a seat. He is a Nirupadi Vaishnav, Nirupadi not like me. Upadi means a designation. I have the designation of being acharja. I'm not an acharja. Jiva, sarup, hoy krishna, nityadas. Mahaprabhu has told every jiva, every soul is servant of Krishna. Maybe I serve in this capacity or that capacity in this world. I may be as a sannyasi. I may be as a grihasta. You think there's a difference? Is there a difference between a sannyasi and a grihasta? Only in appearance, only in form. Their purpose is the same. Their goal is the same. Their aim is exactly the same. Go about it a little differently, but the, it is the same. To love Krishna. Once it's up here, once it's down there, bodayantas parasparam charam ticha nityam means to mutually enlighten one another. Prikshet Maharaj, his questions, brought the speech of Sukadev that we know as Srimad Bhagavatam. Who is more important, the questioner or the speaker? The questioner will think that the speaker is more important. The speaker will think that the questioner is more important. What's important is the equation. So even our Acharya, he said, this is the designation. Because I have taken the designation of Acharya, therefore I must sit up here like this and say, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. You think that's natural for a Vaishnav to control and tell people what to do, what not to do, and to criticize people? No? But if that's his service, that's your service, then I, I do that too. Sit up there and tell people to be humble. <laughs> it's crazy. He said, Saki Charan Babi, he is a Nirupati Vaishnava. Then he told a story. He said, in Mahabharata, After the Rajasuya, Yajya, of Maharaj Yudhisthira, this big Yajya which established him as emperor, Krishna had said that after this Yajya is properly performed, the bell will ring, and you will know it's been done properly. So they did the whole thing nicely, and then the bell didn't ring. So someone asked Krishna, well, what happened? What did we do wrong? The bell didn't ring. He said, well, have you served the Nirupati Vaishnav?" And they said, well, you know, Narada's here. This one, that one, so many great devotees have come. Have we served the nirupati Vaisnav? He said, no, no, I mean a Nirupadi Vaisnav. One who has no upadi like Rishi or whatever. <laughs> no designation. And they said, well, where do we find one? He said, well, over in the village there, there's one. You go over here, turn there, and there's that, that. In this area there's one nirupati Vaisnav. So they went. Mara Yudhisthira, Bhima, Nakul, Sadeval all pandavas Draupadi, this is royalty. They went to the house of this peasant. Hello, uh, we've come. What did I do wrong? He's thinking, the king has come here. The emperor has come to my house. No, 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 no. you didn't do anything wrong. We want to offer you some prashad. Please come. All right, I'm coming. Coming into the royal assembly, Draupadi cooks. You can imagine what refined taste a person like Draupadi had. This is royalty, and she's cooking herself so many fine, distinct tastes, subtleties. She prepared a royal feast. And so he sat down, he gave the plate, and then he took everything, he mixed it all together like a khichri, and he ate like that, <laughs> as he was habituated. And so the bell didn't ring. So, Maharaj asked, Krishna, you said that the bell would ring. If we've had a Nirupati Vaishnava, we have done so. The bell didn't ring. Krishna said, has anybody committed any offense to this Nirupati Vaishnava? And Draupadi came forward. She said, maybe I've committed offense. What is that? Well, when I saw him mix everything together, I thought, oh, he's a sudra. So Krishna said, cook again. Feed him again. That Nirupati Vaishnava, he ate again. All right, I'm supposed to eat again. I eat again. <laughs> Second time he ate and the bell rang. So Krishna was instructing like this. Prabhupada was once asked by one of his disciples, why so many of the big devotees have left? Because some big devotees left, it appeared. And Prabhupada said, big devotees don't leave. So what is big? Big means seeing how small we are. Try to understand what it means to be Vaisnava. Serve under Vaisnava. Embrace bhakti-yoga. This is Krishna's advocacy in Bhagavad Gita. Embrace it fully with all your heart practices and see that by your practice you're making progress, you're becoming free from designations, institutional designations. We want Krishna consciousness. Do you think I joined an institution? Do you think these dear Gopalas of mine who joined, you know, in 1970, 71, 72? Were were looking for an institution to join? We were looking for God, not confined anywhere. The difference between body and soul—such a basic point. Chidanand was emphasizing it in a beautiful way, relevant to the circumstance. The, the disappearance of Prabhupada, an overemphasis on an institution, such that people were thinking that the institution has monopoly on God consciousness. was shedding light on the shallowness of that. It's really, a, like I say, it's just really a body-soul metaphor. So you have to break through to this, understand the difference between body and soul, somehow to become a real living spiritual practitioner. That's what yoga is about. That's what bhakti is about. It's a wonderful philosophy and theology, so we can gather a lot of information and we can regurgitate it and turn people's heads around, but our head needs to be turned around. We have to develop we have to make progress. We have to become a living, real, spiritual person. This is vital to all of us. This is a task at hand. Unfortunately, it's easy to uh, miss that point <laughs> with so much theory and beautiful as it is. So here Krishna has spoken about the nature of the soul. He's given the sankhya. Now he says, I want to talk about practice by which you can realize that and more, who I am. Who is God? Who you are in relation to God? So spiritual practice, yoga. He says about it, He's talking about bhakti because he's saying here, a little endeavor in this there's never any loss. In the realm of karma, if you do just one thing out of place, you won't get the result. If you're moving under the direction of the Dharma Shastra and there's so many yagyas and so many ways in which we should conduct ourselves, and if we're seeking a particular result and it's just one little detail is missing, Oop, everything is lost. So the generosity of bhakti. If you do it blindfolded, falling down, chanting the holy name, still you'll get benefit. You see, if you study these, technically these paths given in the Hindu scripture, any of the paths, if you really study them objectively, you have to come to the conclusion bhakti is so easy in comparison. Who would, in their right mind, embrace any other path? And when you add to that, as we've mentioned earlier, the goal extends even further. The sadhya goes further. Then you have it on both ends of the spectrum. So Krishna says it about, about this. Here. If this was only about... Karma yoga. Then it's also possible in karma yoga you can make some mistake and you cannot get the result that you wanted. But not in bhakti. He says here in the practice of this dharma no effort is wasted, nor is one's progress ever diminished. Even the slightest practice of this discipline protects one from great danger. He says, Oh joy of the Kuru dynasty, on this path one must be resolute in purpose with one's intelligence fixed. Indeed, those who are irresolute are endlessly distracted by other thoughts. Of course, Prabhupada commented on this verse, citing Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur's Guru Yasyap Prasadat Bhagavat Prashado Yasyap Prashado He says that fixed intelligence in the path of bhakti The idea is to pay attention to that place where Krishna has most prominently manifested in my life. Now, where is that? The guru. Guru means who represents Krishna locally. Come with a charge to collect us up. Krishna has a lot going on. (laughs) But now, if he manifested just locally for you, to look just even slightly beyond that, here or there. That is not having the kind of fixed intelligence that this verse is talking about. Focus your attention. You can get all desired result there, more so than even from from the deity. Of course, he'll tell you to worship the deity. He'll tell you to chant Hare Krishna and so many practices. And we should make those practices, embrace them like our life and soul. And we will make so much progress as a result of that. Krishna contrasts now what he's talking about. To be fixed on this objective, focus on it exclusively. You see, without exclusive focus on in any particular field, then we will not become proficient. What did they say? Jack of all trades, master of none. So we don't want to fall into that. Generally, our dabbling is, in most cases, amounts to avoiding that which if we embrace in a very basic sense, any genuine path we'd have to deal with, we'd be confronted with, our own ego and lack of submissiveness and ignorance and stubbornness and unwillingness and so forth. And of course, bhakti deals with that in such a charming way, so generously. As I say, if you study the different paths, you see. So, emphasizing the way in which we should embrace this path, to what extent Arjuna should embrace it with full Fixed intelligence and so forth. He contrasts that now with the next three slokas. He says, Yam, Himam, Pushpitam Bacham, Prabhavadanti, Abhipaschita, Vedavadarathaparta, Nanyad Astiti, Badina, Karmatmanaha, Svaragaparad, Janma, Karma, Palapradam, Kriya, Vishesha, Bhulam, Bhugaishvarya, prati." So some people of meager intelligence proclaim that the flowery words of the Vedas are all in all. They take delight in the letter of the Vedic law, saying there is nothing more than this. They are full of desires for opulence and material enjoyment and think that attaining heaven or a good birth to the next life is desirable. Thus they remain attached to ritualistic performance. So, Krishna our he's contrasting, I want you to do this, I don't want you to be like that. By way of contrast, he's maintaining his emphasis, fix yourself on this path, on bhakti, not like people who get caught up by the various proposals in the Vedas for material advancement. And This is the better part of the Veda, of course. The larger portion of it deals with these type of things, heavenly attainment, material progress, and so forth. Only a smaller section deals with actual transcendence, because only a smaller section of society is going to be interested in that. And Krishna wants Arjuna to be in that smaller section so that he can enter into the bigger world. It's actually the majority, but not in this world. So he contrasts and he says, Then bhogaishvarya prasaktanam tayaprahita cetasam devasayatmitabhudhi samadho yute He said, for these people there's no samadhi. These people can't ever get samadhi. Bhogaishvarya, too much attached to material enjoyment, this way they cannot get samadhi that means by which we can know what cannot be known otherwise. I've given some reference here in a commentary to the different places in which Krishna elaborates upon the term samadhi. You can read that. But Trigunya vishaya nis Trigunya So I referenced this earlier. Here he's emphasizing the goal. The Vedas deal mainly with life within the jurisdiction of the modes of nature, the three gunas. Arjun, you should transcend these gunas Becoming indifferent to material dualities, fixed in truth, free from concerns for acquisition and comfort, and established in the self. Well, this is the sadhya. The sadhanam is the means. Sadhya means the goal. The sadhana is yoga. The sadhya is this. This is a transcendental position. This is a position that's attained by bhakti. And again, these terms, these words are used, yoga chema. In the eighth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, those who love me perpetually, fixed on me in devotion, I preserve what they have, I carry what they lack, personally. You know there's a story about that, that there was a Gita Bhakta, famous Gita Bhakta, and when he read this verse, he thought, here the Lord has said, vahamiyam, I carry what they lack. So he couldn't relate to that, that Lord Krishna would carry what his devotees lack. So he changed the word, he said, karamiyam, I get it done. Koromi. I get it done. Whatever they're lacking, I make arrangements so that they get it. But he couldn't relate to the idea that Krishna personally did it. Devotees only want to serve the Lord, not to take any service, so he couldn't relate to that. He was a very poor Brahmin. So anyway, he crossed the word out. He thought, this must have been some interpolation. This can't be. So he wrote Karomi in there. Then he went out in the market to beg. he couldn't get anything that day. Couldn't get anything. His wife was at home waiting. The young boy came to the door with a basket full of vegetables and fruits and grains. And she said, Where'd you get that? So your husband, he gave me this, he told me to come and bring this. And she said, Well, come in. And she was charmed by his beauty. And as he came in, she saw he had a, had a cut on his forehead. She said, Oh, look at that. Go Sit down, let me tend to that. Hadn't that happened? She said, Oh, your husband did that to me. <laughs> So how could he, oh, how could he do that? Anyway, he said, I'll be all right. maybe you're going in to cook and here's everything. Sir cook, your husband will be coming soon. So she's in there cooking a feast and then her husband comes home, discouraged. Couldn't get anything. Anyway, taking shelter of Krishna, he has entered the house and his wife is cooking a feast. She said, where did you get him? She said, that boy that you scratched came and brought all this. Why did you scratch him? Why did you hit him like that? So what are you talking about? I didn't anybody in the market, and I didn't send any boy here with any vegetables. And he sat down and he opened the book, Bhagavad Gita. And he read Bhagavad Gita, and there he saw that the Karomi was scratched out and the Bahami was written back in again, and he could understand Krishna had come and personally carried those vegetables to his home. It's possible. He does it. Devotees may not want to take any service from Krishna, but Krishna's ardent desire. Is to serve his devotees. That's where we come in. Try to understand. Krishna wants to serve his pure devotees. his pure devotee will never accept any service from him. But if we serve Krishna's pure devotees, then through us, Krishna's desire to serve them will be realized. So this kind of bhakti is what Krishna wants Arjuna to take up. He says, then, in the last verse, I want to discuss tonight: yavan artha upapane." sarvattha samplutodake tavan sarveshu vedeshu brahmanasya vijanataha all the purposes that are filled by a well and more can be served by a reservoir of water similarly all the purposes of the scripture can be served by a brahman who knows their purpose so what he's saying is here yavan artha he's actually even saying that sakama bhaktas devotees like ourselves, who still have material desires, their position is better. Yavan artha, udapane, sarvataha, in all respects. He's saying, if you take to bhakti, which is the whole purpose of all the Veda, to love God, if you take to this, then anything else that you could have acquired by any other method, that will also be acquired by bhakti and more. And it's all inclusive here. The statement is all inclusive. It means, as I say, even if you have desires, material desires, or that kind of bhakta, sakama bhakta, still he's saying your position is better. Sridharmash wants to give the example. If you are a clerk in a hundred-story building, a a doorman, let's say, and another man is a president, CEO, in a ten-story building next door, every morning, Whenever that CEO has any business, he comes into your building, you're just opening the door for him. Yes, sir, come in. Yes, sir, come in. He's the CEO in the 10th story building and you're the doorman in a 100 story building. But your position is better because if you stay with that company, possibilities that you could become the CEO on the 100th floor and then you'll be able to look down at that CEO on the 10th floor like he was a doorman in comparison. So the point is that By our association, we have to consider a thing in terms of its association and its potential. By association with Krishna consciousness, with a real devotee, then we have the potential to go higher than a karmi, higher than a jani, higher than a yogi in all respects. Not that we'll be proud, we are on the bottom floor, we're only the doorman at this point. But we should understand what door we are opening, what is the door of opportunity that is open to us there. So, any question? I've got a very basic question. Uh, what is spiritual? You know, you can go into a metaphysical bookstore and there's so many different books on different subjects that people in a sense consider spiritual. So, One thing to consider is that amongst the various paths, let's say, that are out there, which is kind of what you're talking about, a vast majority of them tend to be ego-inflating. And a small portion of them tend to assault the ego. And the very crux of our spiritual life and what determines our life is material or spiritual is our identification with matter, body, mind. On the one side, that's material, and not identifying with that as the self, that composite is our our ego, our identity. Seeing through that, the falsity of that, what that is, seeing it for what it is, that's all what's involved in a very basic sense in determining the difference between matter and spirit. So those paths that are ego-inflating and serve to just make us feel better and maybe even make us better persons in a relative sense, but don't address the issue of what we are and what matter is, and those are, for the most part, not spiritual. So that's a kind of a simple way to, to distinguish. There are good things out there, and it's good teachings on how to be better people within this world, and that has some value. But spirituality begins when we begin to talk about the fact that we are not ultimately a part of the world. We are... And that has to be dealt with in terms of our having identified with it. But ultimately, by nature, we're constitutionally different from matter. So some paths then emphasize that, and they'll be less popular. or popular versions of them will be popular that don't involve really embracing what they talk about at their heart. You see, spiritual life is very uh, like a heart surgery. There's no way to get around it. We talk about it in such a way as to get people involved and so forth, and that has some value, but people have to come to the point of understanding that something very radical is required in order for me to really take this up, access this. And, of course, everybody's not ready to do that all at once, so that's fine. But you should all know that that's what's involved here, and I'm not saying you should go home and do that tonight, otherwise you've got a problem. You have to hear about this a lot for a long time and really think about it. Not only think about it, but really think about your own experience. And hopefully, if you're in this kind of good company, over time, after years and years, with age and general wisdom and experience, you start to think, I'm going get on with this. This is real. This is the only real thing that's actually coming into my life from the time I've been born. It's really asking of me. I mean, you only get what you give. And at some point, you have to realize that giving is, that you can't get any more than that to be a giver. You can't be any more than that. How full can you be? If you're giving all the time, you must be full. So at some point, you have to realize that the, this, uh, at least all of us connected with this path, Krishna Consciousness, Kodi Vaishnavism, is asking. Everything of you. You can resent it, or you can appreciate it. It's honest enough to tell you you got to give everything. <laughs> okay, we're not kidding around here. You know, you can come gradually, chant, be happy, whatever. We get everybody involved. But these themes that keep coming up, they keep coming up through the talks, through the reading, and so forth. And we kind of skirt around them. We gather some knowledge. We put on the beads. We we go through the motions or whatever and some of it's for real and some of it's not and problems come in our life. We take shelter more and all this stuff. We're all just largely mentally involved at best. But the guru is kind enough to give so much literature, so many talks and so, you know, why Prabhupada wrote so many books to corner you. If you would read them, you'll find I'm cornered. I'm, I give up. I surrender. That's it. I can't get around this. I can't be an honest person and get around this. I'm kidding myself. And bhakti is so generous, it allows you to kid yourself, and, uh, and people still call you a devotee. That's a koneṣṭhādhikāri. There is no such thing as a koneṣṭhādhikāri. Vaishnav. doesn't make any sense. It's a generous category it has been created by Madhyam and Uttamadhikāris to call somebody who's still on the bodily concept of life a Vaishnav. How can a Vaishnava not understand the difference between the body and the soul? The Vaishnava is dancing with Krishna. So out of generosity of bhakti, uttamadhikari, madhyamadhikari, bhakta, they call someone, he's a kanishthaadhikari, bhakta. He's a bhakta. She's generous, but after a while you get embarrassed by the generosity. <laughs> you think, like, god, so generous, so kind. I've got to reciprocate. And it's all about me anyway. My life, myself, being what I am. So over time, good company like this, you put it into practice. You put it in practice now, but we have our foot, you know, like a little bit on the gas, maybe even on the brake (laughs) sometimes. We are on the brake. We turn off the road for a while. But it's very, very, very difficult to get away from this. It's real, very solid. I mean, its logic, the scriptural backing is there, and there are experiential people that we meet here and there along the way. And we go, hmm, this works. <laughs> Somebody had, had something there. So don't be distracted by so many things that are out there, especially if you're in touch with such a magnanimous path. This is like Ivy League of Spirituality. It's been around for a long time. It's been articulated by so many thoughtful devotees in so many literatures. And the it's a very authorized path, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Very, 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 very dignified. And it's not uptight. It's not like Harvard and Yale. They are what they are, but they don't let anybody in. She's opening the doors to everybody. Come on in. <laughs> You're a Bhakta too. <laughs> You're a Vaishnav, sure. Jan Hare Krishna. And be happy. <laughs> this is the work of Nityananda prabhu all right we will stop there take some prasad and be happy siman bagavat gita ki jai isi bhakti vidyanti swami Prabhupada ki jai isi bhakti rakshak siradev go Swami maharaj ki jai bhakti siddhan sachita ki prabhat ki jai shri bhakti Vinod parivar ki jai kor bhaktavind ki jai boopremanandi jai